Time to tune in, not just speaking real facts. Right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host. Naja Roberts, leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn to get left behind. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Satoshi at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. I don't just do this show to change the way you think about money, but to make you change the way you look at money and everything else around you, because it matters. So ladies and gentlemen, today is Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. And what an incredible day it is. It's a little bit rainy on our side of the town. And I know on the East Coast is a little bit snowy. And there's all sorts of weather patterns going everywhere across the United States today. But it is someone's birthday. And we want to say happy birthday to these Cryptopians, Alicia Finley and Philip Eaglin. And I would like to say to both of you, happy birthday. May today be filled with love, peace, joy, and happiness. And so today we celebrate you. And it is also Women's History Month. And as you know, this month, we are honoring women that crypto. And today we are honoring Jen Grayson. She is the founder of blockchain sisterhood and the founder of co.co the airbnb of office space jen proposes that women are the answer to crypto adoption prior to joining the cryptocurrency and blockchain community jen managed a multi-million dollar life insurance policy company and so you know, it was looking at Jen Grayson and what she was doing in the insurance industry, which let me know a couple of years later that I was on the right path in the right space in this cryptocurrency blockchain space. In fact, conversations ensued about how life insurance agents at some point will be obsolete after the blockchain is implemented as it relates to health records and things of that sort. Because if you think about it, insurance agents come out to the house, they tell you what your premium 
possibly could be based on your health and things of that sort. And if you are able to look to the blockchain to get medical records and to really see about people's health and wellness, there's no need for an insurance agent because an insurance agent is actually the eyes and ears for the insurance company. They want to make sure that they're insuring somebody that's still alive, number one, um, but viable and, and, and is, is not in hospice and those sorts of things. And medical records actually are what the indicators are that allowed us as insurance agents to really figure out if somebody had any health inequities or any all of those things. And so as we had a conversation about the blockchain and about this multi-million dollar life insurance company, uh, she was in agreement with me that things are soon to change. We don't know how long it's going to take for adoption of the blockchain. Again, blockchain is totally um, working without Bitcoin, but Bitcoin can't work without the blockchain. And so there's so many other use cases for the blockchain. And so um, just sharing and talking with her about some of these things was really eye-opening because a lot of times we think that this technology is so far off. It's just going to take one or two big players to really step in and say, hey, we want to put medical records on the blockchain and then every other health PPO, HMO, they're all going to follow suit. And so it'll be sooner than later because they stand to gain more than they stand to lose by utilizing blockchain. So, ladies and gentlemen, today is a really interesting day. And my quote today is going to say exactly this. Your choices today determine the future of your legacy tomorrow. Now, again, we are talking diversification, but I will constantly say that your choices today determine the future of your legacy tomorrow. And I tell my children all the time when I'm talking to them and teaching them about how they should govern themselves as children and some of them as adults, I tell them for every action, there is a consequence. If the action is a good action, you have good consequences. If you make a bad action, you have a bad consequence. And those bad consequences don't typically show up immediately. They show up in the latter. There's, there's a little bit of a lag sometimes in some of the decisions that you make. And so as we all look at money, as we all look at the decisions that we need to be making for our families today and tomorrow, we really need to pull out that chess game and begin to play chess because the choices and the moves that you make right now today on the board will affect the moves and the options that you have available to you, five, 10, 15 moves down the board. And I submit to everyone listening to me today, we are in a situation where we need to make some real choices. No longer can we sit back and just hope that everything is going to be okay. They are in the process. And when I say they, I mean our government. They're in the process of changing some things, making things better, making things how they think that they need to be. But 
we've got to take a look at what is best for ourselves and our families. And I'm not saying everything that they're doing is going to uh, adversely affect us, but history shows us, unfortunately, that in our communities, we are adversely affected by most of the decisions that are made from the top that dwindle down to to the bottom and then we're left holding the bag or not holding the bag, which is our situation right now, owning less than 1% of the wealth in this country. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we will jump into what I'm going to say is one of my hardest shows. And I will explain that to you when we come forward. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. And so here we are. And as I stated before we went to our commercials, this is one of the most difficult shows that I have done. You know, I grew up uh, Christian and, you know, hung around and did some conversion at some time to Islam and Al-Islam. And one of the things that I know about both religions is that you are supposed to do unto others as you want them to do unto you. But in the Islamic faith, they have a saying and it's called a hadith. And it says, want for your brother what you want for yourself. And in saying that, this has been a difficult show because I always state that I'm not a financial advisor anymore on purpose. So I can say what I want to say, do what I want to do without regulation. And uh, but unfortunately, in times such as these, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you financial advice because there are people winning right now. Right now in this space of cryptocurrency, right now in this space of fiat money, and you've got to know what you need to do. And as I stated before, you always hear me sharing with you what it is I'm doing. And so what we are preparing to do in my office is have an actual meeting where everybody can actually tune in and hear what I'm actually doing, because I can scale over things just a little bit about what I'm doing, but I really feel like the call to action is for our community to know exactly what you should be investing in and what I'm investing in will have to be to show you what you have the possibility of investing in to do well and to really get on the other side of money. Again, this show that I do is not so I can just continue to just, you know, beat up on the money system. Ladies and gentlemen, there is some things in place that you are either going to have money or you're not going to have money. The middle class is disappearing. I don't care what economists you listen to. The middle class is disappearing. Quite simple as nothing else. Full stop. Disappearing. And so what we've got to do is figure out what moves we need to make right now so that we wake up on the other side of money. Well, we're we're woke right now. And I'm just tickled when I saw that TikTok when the young lady asked another 
person what woke meant because you know they like to use our phrases but we're gonna stay woke through this whole thing that is going on I'm gonna do my very best to show you all the sides and how everything plays into each other because a lot of times we think these systems are fragmented and something that happens in one doesn't matter or affect the other. And they absolutely do. And that's why we're going to continue to bring you the macro picture so that you can understand what is going on. One of the things that happened yesterday after we got off the show was that a lot of people are asking still what happened? Why is this different than what happened in 2008? Because in 2008, they bounced back. The banks bounce back. Well, Sunday through Monday of this week, the bank or banks bounced back, sort of, kind of. And so people are really trying to understand exactly what is happening. So I tried to take a little bit of time today to break things down just a little further. But before I do that, I like to always share with you all what happens in my personal life so that you understand in its totality uh, why I say the things that I say. Uh, and fortunately enough, we have been able to have a relationship for the last several months with J.P. Morgan Chase. And um, we actually do have a private banker at J.P. Morgan Chase. And periodically he calls and checks on us to see how the business is going, my speaking business, my radio uh, business. And um, he shared with me yesterday, which I hadn't even heard, that J.P. Morgan actually loaned Signature Bank $30 billion with the B. $30 billion with the B. And so while a lot of us are hearing, of course, that the United States government, the Treasury, the Feds, blah, 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 has come in to rescue the banks, they have done a little bit. Well, FDIC told us that they were almost out of money anyway. And this that they've done this week totally wipes out their reserves. So if this happens to any other banks, you all know that there's not going to be enough money to go around. But again, that's another conversation. But 30 billion of these dollars went to Chase Bank. I mean, came from Chase Bank to Signature Bank. But another thing that he shared with me is that the last couple of days, they have been the ultimate busy because people are jumping from their banks to JP Morgan, of course, because JP Morgan is a lot more stable than any of the banking industry, um, other banks out there. And they're fleeing from some of these other banks, which you're sure to see some of the collapse because based on what he's saying, they cannot even, uh, onboard the amount of people that are coming to JP Morgan across the country which again lets us know that there's still going to be some other banking issues and not just because of that we know that they've just put a band-aid on the issue and so when the federal government actually heard the loud cries of course and the clear um, demand for them to cover those deposits of the wealthy they immediately responded and they got in there and these depositors had more than $2 billion. And this is for those of you that are thinking this is all a cryptocurrency issue. 
I'm going to pause for a second before I continue what I was saying. This is not because these banks were dealing in cryptocurrency, but it is because we believe that they're trying to choke out any bank that is dealing with cryptocurrency companies. Again, if you choke out the on-ramp, you can't stop the currency, but you can choke out and stall and stop individuals putting their money into these different things that are not the bank. And that's the whole problem, ladies and gentlemen. Money is leaving the banks, period. And that is creating this. And the more people begin to open their eyes and see what's happening, it is going to continue to happen. So this issue is not going anywhere anytime soon. And those who argued that the government was going to step in and help out and this was not going to be an issue, they are right for a couple of weeks or even a month or so. But something else has to happen because of what I'm about to explain to you. So um, so there were more than 200 billion worth of venture capitalist money in these tech startups um, that was stored at these two banks. And as we've stated before, it was the biggest bailout since 2008. But unlike the financial crisis of 2008, during which Congress actually passed new legislation in order to salvage the country's largest banks, the current rescue plan is smaller and it pertains to only these two banks. And right now they're saying it's not utilizing taxpayers' money. For now, <laughs> despite the collapse of this banking sector, cryptocurrency, as we have seen, has been ripping to the upside. Now, today it's kind of cooled a little bit and we'll see what it does. But in the last 48 hours, it actually ripped to the upside. And Bitcoin was up and is up about 9.8% in the last 24 hours. And we'll talk about that. And I'm not surprised about the uptick because, again, it really gets into the ethos of what Bitcoin is about. Controlling your own money, never standing outside of a bank door with them telling you that the bank is closed, never standing in front of a gas pump again and swipe swiping your card only to be told that it's declined walking into a gas station to find a line full of people whose cards have been declined. It's not going to happen on our watch. And I'm talking about the cryptocurrency sector. And now that liquidity is leaving the bank sector, it only makes sense for cryptocurrency to jump as well as some of the precious metals. And we'll talk about that. As I stated, we'll have some sort of session where we can kind of chop that up and make sure that you're on the right path uh, in sync and watching what I'm doing. I'll say it that way. Um, and I've shared my concerns over the years about our banking system and how a bailout is necessarily, but there are deeper issues um, in the banking system at large. So 
What is actually going on here is there has been a flight of deposits. And we stated that over and over. People are pulling money out of the bank. So the smaller banks, ladies and gentlemen, not the JP Morgans, not the big, huge conglomerates, these smaller banks in the ba banking systems um, have been going under because there's a run on the bank. And I really feel like it's poor management, a lot of miscommunication and things that are happening. And so the banks borrow short and then they long. And so they've had a mismatch of depositors. So um, they guarantee deposits. Then they go and borrow money on the short and then they long it. But then their bond portfolios, ladies and gentlemen, are underwater. T-bills, bonds, things of that sorts. Why are there uh, T-bonds and treasuries underwater? It's because the interest rates that Jerome Powell has been raising. And we've been talking about that on this show. So you kind of understand how these things tie together. So the T-bills and the treasuries, they're, they're not doing so good because the interest rates are high. And if, um, and if the depositors leave after they've invested in these portfolios, bond portfolios, then they have to unwind some part of those portfolios, those bonds, and they're selling them at a huge loss. And it's a systematic problem that's going on. And now people are being incentivized to flee because they're seeing what's going on and um, they're seeing other means by which they can save in store of value. And I'm going to continue to say stores of value, gold, silver, things of that sort over history have been stores of value. Well, guess what? Another store of value is on the scene. Yes, it's volatile, but it's called Bitcoin and it's another store of value. So going to a different bank may win for a little while. It'll stop. Uh, it'll stop you from feeling the pain if one of the smaller banks that you're dealing with actually goes under because they're not able to keep up with the demand of people coming to pull their funds out. But uh, for right now, they've tried to stop it and they've letting letting Americans know that their deposits are safe. But again, this is not over. They they they've got to underwrite an entire banking system and there is no money to do that. Technically, they may have to change some things around and do something a little bit different. But the market losses that are on deposit right now leave this system absolutely naked. And so what has to happen in my eyes and what a lot of other economists are saying is, of course, they've got to drop the interest rates, which I don't think is going to happen. And the issue here, ladies and gentlemen, is ongoing. And so for those of you that are trying to really understand, uh, this is an economic slowdown. It's not a stop. It's an economic slowdown. And hopefully uh, they're able to get ahead of this and stop people from putting money in CDs. Again, stores of value because CDs are offering 
whatever they're offering. I'm not even going to say 5%. Somebody else was talking about they're getting 5%. Haven't, haven't seen that, but um, they've got to stop people from pulling money out of the bank because they've got to make good the bonds and the things that they have that they're locked into. So when we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, we'll get into the cryptocurrency uh, updates. This is KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud, loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do more than just talk. You got a big mouth. Hello, Joe, you're up. Welcome. We're unapologetically progressive, and we don't black down. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So let's get into our market report. So today, Bitcoin is trading at 24000 $428 $428 in the last hour. It is down 0.19%. In the last 24 hours, it is down 1.89%. But in the last seven days, it's up 10.62%. Ethereum, same pattern. It is at $1,651. It's down in the last hour 0.32%. In the last 24 hours, 3.5%. And in the last six days, it's up 6.0%. And so that is what we are looking like on the market. And as I scroll down, I see pretty much the same thing, but I think I see more red on most of the other cryptocurrencies than I do green. And um, again, it's actually the same as Bitcoin. Because, again, I just really feel like all of the coins mirror Bitcoin. Now, there's 22,927 cryptocurrencies out there right now that are actually listed on CoinMarketCap. So there is no scarcity in the amount of cryptocurrencies out there. Now, when we talk about scarcity, I have to continue to reiterate. People will get you involved with other cryptocurrency projects because they say that they have a limited supply and those that have a lot of supply in in whatever it is that coin is, they pride themselves on the fact that every now and then they burn the tokens. And so burning burning what is cryptocurrency burning burning is the process by which users actually can remove tokens or coins from circulation which reduces the number of coins that are in use and this is part of the tokenomics the tokens are sent to a wallet address that cannot be used for transactions other than receiving coins So they may have a wallet for themselves, let's just say. And then the community comes up with a wallet that nobody has access to, supposedly. And people that want to burn their tokens to make the tokens that they hold more valuable and take some out of circulation, they then put those coins into this wallet that is like the black hole that can never get it out. Similar to how we print money here in the United States. We print and we print and we print when we need to do something to help make our dollar valuable. We do quantitative easing 
We pull some cash back off the market and that is how they do that. So that is the same thing that they do with some of the cryptocurrencies. So one of the most notable cryptocurrencies that has done this in the past 24 hours has been Shiba Inu. Now you all know I've stayed, I've stated, and I will continue to state unless you're trying to get rich quick or lose money quick, you get involved in these altcoins. An altcoin is an alternative to Bitcoin. So I don't want any alternatives. I want the real deal holy field. So I'm doing Bitcoin. But a lot of people get involved in coins like Shiba Inu. And so the good thing for those individuals that are involved in Shiba Inu is that almost half a billion Shiba Inu tokens have been removed from circulation in the last 24 hours, spiking what we call a burn rate. So according to the data from Shiba Burn, approximately 455 million Shiba Inu tokens have been burned. I want to pause right there. If they have 455 million Shiba Inu tokens to burn, then there was no and there still is no scarcity in their token at all. With Bitcoin, there'll only ever be 21 million of those tokens. So if they're burning 455 million Shiba Inus, and we only have to utilize 21 million Bitcoin, then you know that the asset that you have in Bitcoin is a scarce asset. We're doing well because we can't burn any because we don't have enough in the first place to even be able to do something of this nature. And so this is really uh, something that we need to pay attention to in this cryptocurrency space, especially when your friends and family tell you to run out and buy Shiba Inu. You need to look at how much Shiba Inu is actually in circulation. And even though they burn 455 million, they're creating millions of these coins a day. Again, in my opinion, to extract money from your bank account. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people win in this space. A lot of people win. But I'm going to tell you what I've seen. I've seen those individuals that are winning hold YouTube seminars and things of that sort. And they would, prior to the meeting, buy millions of these coins, talk to a group of people, convince a group of people to go and buy them. And then as these people are buying this particular token, they're cashing out of the token because what they can sell it for now is way more than they have bought it before the show started because they're able to take advantage of the ignorance of the individuals that don't know any better and not ignorance in a bad way, but that they don't know any better and they're helping to pump that particular coin. It happens all the time. I see it and I think to myself, why don't people realize that this dude that's telling them to buy into these different cryptocurrencies has a boatload of it and he's looking to offload it on them. And so he might not even necessarily offload it on his on his people specifically, but when he puts it back into the exchange to cash out, 
he is reaping the benefits from having told two or 300,000 people that are watching to buy this particular coin. And that's what happens with coins like Shiba Inu. And it happens over and over and over again. So I also want to give you warning as it relates again to USDC. The chaos is real. Um, and there are a lot of individuals that have stopped allowing individuals from the U.S. to transfer our fiat dollars into buying USDC. And again, quite frankly, I think that they are doing a great job at attacking our on ramps and making it where it's hard for anybody to get involved with cryptocurrency and Anybody that caters to us is going to get hit. And so if you're holding USDC because you think it is safe, because it is stable, it is number one, decentralized. I mean, centralized. Let me make sure I clear that up. Number one, it is centralized and it is pegged to the United States dollar, not backed by but pegged from what I can see and read based on everything that is going on. And someone's question was, is USDC backed by US by US dollars are pegged to and it's pegged to. And there's a big difference. And even if it was backed by US dollars, I would be skeptical about that as well because somebody has to be holding it. And nine times out of 10, it would be uh, the same individuals that were holding it over at Silicon Valley Bank because that's where the money was for USDC. It was in Silicon Valley Bank. So just be careful as you look into these centralized markets, as you are in this cryptocurrency space, trying to figure out exactly what you need to get involved in. I still say Shiba Inu is not a good one. And again, extracting of your funds is what a lot of people are seeking to do. And a lot of different cryptocurrencies, um, are seeking to do that. And there may not be a lot of cryptocurrencies that pop their head up right now because crypto is definitely under attack. I really feel as though the, the regulatory agencies are um, choking us off or trying to in that respect. But if you are decentralized and you have a de decentralized currency and you have access to buying that decentralized currency, which you still do on most platforms, uh, you can get involved with Bitcoin anytime you wish, anyhow you wish. If, um, you know, if the market collapses today or tomorrow, I literally would be feeling not good because a lot of people will be losing. But I still feel really sound about the decisions that we are making right now in this space. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, we are going to jump into what is happening in India and the UAE as it relates to this digital money. This is KBLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk KBLA 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. So what is happening in India and the UAE, which is the United Arab 
Emirates. Uh, they are actually jointly conducting a pilot program on central bank digital currencies or CBDCs. And this announcement was made today. The Reserve Bank of India and the Central Bank of the UAE signed a memorandum of understanding in Abu Dhabi to explore the interoperability between CBDCs of the two countries. So again, they, bankers and banks and countries, are starting to figure out how to utilize the central bank digital currency their own central bank digital currency, not the one from the United States, but their very own, so that they have no need in its totality for the U.S. dollar at some point. That's just it. So the banks are also jointly uh, conducting proof of concept and a pilot of a bilateral CBDC bridge, again, to facilitate cross-border central bank digital currency transactions for remittances and trade. This is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen, because India has, oh man, just Google the population of India, and it has been testing retail central bank digital currency in 15 cities, reaching more than 50,000 customers and 10,000 merchants, and that's just the pilot and uh, that's not a lot compared to how many people are in their country, but they are very confident that this is going to pick up and they are hoping to launch this digital currency by the end of the year. And so as they move into CBDCs and again, the United States is slow to really adopt and do different uh, things around the CBDC, well, to actually launch it or create a situation by which they have to implement a CBDC or put together the laws and regulation around all of these things. Other countries are on it, so we need to really be uh, watching each and every one of the countries and what they're doing and the stance that they're taking about not utilizing the United States dollar and a lot of them have their own currency, don't get me wrong, but as it relates to accepting the U.S. dollar and things of that sort, it looks like that's going to be drying up. As I stated before, 144 countries are looking to do their own CBDC. And really what we felt like here in the United States, that if the United States was first, they could really have some real estate in that, in that sector. I'll just say real estate because more people would accept CBDCs from the United States. But if they have their own and they're doing their own thing and they figure it out before we do, then there's no need for them to utilize ours because they're putting together payment rails and different things that are interoperable, that transcend countries and all of those things. So this is going to get very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll have more and more to talk about here on Ahead of the Crypto Curve because this is getting huge. There's so much stuff to talk about on a daily basis. I don't even know where to go and where to start. But what we are going to do is tomorrow we will be talking about my four laws. The laws are the earning law, the investing law, 
the spending law and the saving law. And that's specifically for this time that we sit in. And this isn't any old antiquated thing that you've heard before. This literally has to do with where we sit right now as this digital currency, this digital revolution is upon us. And then tomorrow's talk is going to set the stage for what we are working on, which is a mission that is critical, and that's to save us from being on the wrong side of money when the smoke clears. And so we're going to get into a lot of information tomorrow, and then I'm going to give you some updates as to where you can go to listen in as we talk about uh, some things that we need to be doing in the space right now, immediately. Um, and so we are going to also because I had some questions about reverse repos. And so Friday, we're going to talk about a reverse repo has to do with the banks. So it's still all tied into some of the things that we don't see on the front end, but that are happening on the back end. And when my uh, banker called yesterday, I asked him a question about how they're doing with reverse repos. And I'm going to explain that on Friday. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we'll get into our daily dollar cost average. And man, we've got a lot to talk about these next couple of days, but it's great information is factual. It's not my thoughts. I am going to share with you exactly what is going on and what you need to do. And then we're going to take it a little bit further towards the end of the month as we put together something very special for all of the listeners to be able to really get what I call marching orders. Anytime you hear things and you see things, you want to know exactly what you need to do. And so I plan to provide that for our community. When we come forward, this is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. 70 calories per serving. We knew you'd stick around. This is LA's home for progressive talk radio. Welcome back to KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. We are preparing. My staff and I are preparing for Naja's next moves. It's called medical. Well, the theme is mission critical. So we're going to make sure that you all have the information that you need to thrive and not just survive. And we're going to have another Crypto Essentials on April the 8th. And you can send me a text message if you want to get involved in that. The number is 424-317-7373. Again, 424-317-7373. And a ledger in me, 123, is going to be on April the 22nd. And, of course, we are headed out in June on the Digital Financial Revolution Tour we are going to hit these cities again. And this weekend, I will be in Chicago for Limitless for Women. Super excited about that as well. And so we are dollar cost averaging on the Black Wall Street wallet. If any of you are having any challenges with the Black Wall Street wallet, please send me a text message again, 424-317-7373 so I can fix that and you can continue to dollar cost average along with me. We're going to do $6 today. We're going to click the purple circle in the middle and we are going to continue. I'm going to put it in my KBLA talk 
1580 wallet and we're doing six dollars worth of satoshis the satoshi is the smallest increment of a dollar I mean, as of a Bitcoin, like a penny is the smallest increment of a dollar. Y'all know I'm talking fast because we're making way for the D.L. Hughley show. I want to thank each and every one of you for rocking with me today. Your host, Naja Roberts, on Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires. One family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. You're listening to Naja Roberts on the head of the crypto curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Naja Roberts. No underscores, no dots, no numbers, just Naja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. Learn or get left behind. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.